It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. This is Bonus Benson. This segment is officially completely off the rails. What are you talking about? Stuff we wish never aired. I will eat chalupas all day long. Come on, man. The Guy Benson Show. Home stretch on this Monday here on The Guy Benson Show. Thank you for tuning in. And check out our website. We always remind you of this, GuyBensonShow.com. The podcast is there and free every single day. I'll be on the special report panel this evening Right around 6.45 Eastern Time, Fox News Channel, Brett Bayer, then myself, Kim Strassel, and Harold Ford Jr. Hope to see you there. You can also set your DVR over on the television side. Meanwhile, this is a story that we talked about on a different show over the weekend. I was guest hosting and co-hosting with three others, the big Saturday and big Sunday shows. And it's a lot of politics and news, but we mix in some lighter topics from time to time. This was one of them. Uber puts out a list every year of the items that people leave behind with drivers when they use the ride-sharing app. And you can imagine with so many, what, millions of these rides across the country every week, you're going to get some weird things that happen. And so just to get into the news cycle, I guess, Uber says, all right, here's our list. So this was from last year. And usually it's typical stuff topping the list. Wallets, phones. I saw vape pens was up there. But then you get some more colorful examples. For instance, the one that's getting a lot of attention is someone left his or her grandmother's teeth in the backseat of an Uber. So some dentures. Someone left an enormous quantity of caviar. Like that's a big one to forget. Then you get examples like a Billie Eilish ukulele. I'm not even sure exactly what that means. I assume it's not hers. Like Billie Eilish branded ukulele, a Bernie Sanders fanny pack, and the list goes on. And I'm just scrolling through. Ten pounds of hamburger meat is another one. (laughs) So... This just sparked a conversation earlier on our planning call about things that we have forgotten or left behind in the past, whether it's in a car or elsewhere. And, Christine, you had one situation where, what, your phone got left behind? I was uh, having a night, a responsible adult night with maybe some adult beverages. Uh huh. And I took an Uber home, and I left my phone in the car. When did you realize that you left it? The next morning. Not even that night? You didn't go to plug your phone in or something or set an alarm or anything? It was the next day? Yeah, I definitely didn't. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very, <laughs> I'm not, very. I am not Very, very, very responsible evening of drinking, obviously, is what happened here. So how did you get it back? Because the easiest way to get it back is to go on your phone to the app, find the guy or gal who drove you and contact them. But without your phone, what did you do? So it, I didn't order the Uber. Bobby did. So he was able to contact. I had just left my phone there. So he was able to contact the Uber driver. But he, the guy wouldn't come. I even offered him money. He would not come to our house to drop the phone off. 
So I had was to... it Christmas time? Did he see the inflatables? Like, you know, I'm not going anywhere near that house. <laughs> I don't know. I don't remember, but I know I had to go drive to the New Jersey Turnpike. And you know where the airport is and right across is that big IKEA and the Toys R Us? Yeah, in, in had, Newark. Yep, I had to meet him in that park. Real safe, actually. Look at the back. I went by myself. I had to meet him in that parking oh. lot to get my phone. Was it at least during the day? Mm-hmm. Like daylight hours? Okay, so that's a little bit better. But it worked out, and you were without your phone for how long? Less than a day? Yeah, I, I had met him on the turnpike that afternoon. Sounds very strange okay. to say. Yeah, but, you know, you got the job done. Dan, you did something similar, right? Yeah, so I was sent at my last job. I was sent to Seattle for an event. I was going to interview Bear Grylls for this event, and so it was a long flight out there. And I got the Uber, went to the hotel, walked out, checked checked into the hotel, got up to my room, realized I left all of my luggage in the Uber, and so Wait, I, you got to your room before you realized I this. Was, yeah, I was just it was such a long trip, and I was so tired, and I didn't even think about it. I had my phone. I made sure I had my phone. Got all the way up there and realized I didn't have my, like, weekender bag. And it was, like, Friday night, so I couldn't go, like, buy anything. We had to be up early the next morning to, like, go out and do this. So I had to, <laughs> I had to borrow clothes from the cameraman that was working this event. <laughs> and so I was wearing clothes that were, like, too short for me. <laughs> I was wearing these, like, pants that were just, like, like yeah, floodwaters. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I was wearing these ridiculous clothes. And finally, I got in touch with the Uber guy. He brought it back in the afternoon the next day. Um, but it was a whole day later, and I was just without all my stuff for that long. Wyatt, have you ever forgotten anything? You seem far too responsible to forget something, like maybe a cardigan or something. No? Yeah, no. I've I've never lost anything in an Uber. Yeah. Surprise, surprise. Another scintillating story from the life of Quiet Wyatt. Well, my story that I briefly told on the air yesterday that I can expand upon a little bit here is not about an Uber, but it helps explain why I'm such a fan of Uber compared to taxis. And I have basically sworn off taxis as best as I can help it for the rest of my life for this reason. It was 2015, so I'm still scarred seven years later. I was in New York City, and my best friend Mary Catherine Ham had just recently lost her husband in a very sad accident. And I had dinner while I was in New York with our mutual friend, Kennedy, our colleague here at Fox. And she and I had not really downloaded or had an opportunity to chat since that tragedy. So we had a pretty heavy dinner, just the two of us sitting there. And it was pretty emotional. And we both got emotional, understandably, you know, when someone that you know, someone young, someone who matters so much to someone you're close to dies in such a shocking way. It was not a lighthearted or pleasant dinner, but it was part of the grieving process. So I had all of my stuff with me because I was supposed to get in a Fox car later and go back to New Jersey to stay with my parents for a couple days. They were still living in New Jersey at the time. But Kennedy said, you know what? That was a tough dinner. Come back to my place. Meet my daughters. We'll make a nightcap just for the two of us. We'll whip up a cocktail and we'll end the evening on a happier note. Do you want to just come over just briefly? And I said yes. And we were dining actually close to her apartment at the time, but not quite close enough, and it was starting to rain. So she hailed a cab. I put all my stuff in the back seat of this cab, or actually in the trunk of the cab. 
and cab drives maybe five minutes. We get to her building. I'm still in this fairly emotional state. I get out of the cab, and I'd never been to her place at that point up until then. And she lived in this very tall building, which was pretty new and had cool architecture. So I looked up at it, and I was commenting on the architecture of the building. And before I know it, I turn around, and the taxi is pulling away with all of my belongings in the back, and it is gone into the New York night. So I'm freaking out. We get up to Kennedy's apartment. I meet her kids for the first time. They still think of me as the guy who lost all of his stuff. That's how they remember me. Like, oh, yeah, mom's friend guy who just loses everything and was, like, sitting at our kitchen table sweating and stressing. Like, yep, that's I made quite an impression on those young girls who are now, gosh, not so young anymore. But what you do, I guess, in these circumstances is you call 311, which is the non-emergency New York City number. I wanted to report that this had happened. Is there any way we can figure out how to get the stuff back? Identify the cab or something. And the dispatcher responded by saying, well, do you have the medallion number of this taxi? I was like, what? Yes, ma'am, you you nailed it. I'm the guy who left all of his earthly belongings, forgot them in the trunk of a taxi, but I had the presence of mind to memorize the medallion number. Like, of course I don't have the medallion number. She said, okay, well, you can file a missing items report, and good luck. It doesn't really often work out very well, but there's a few different places where lost and found stuff gets dropped off. She said, I would try for the next couple of days. So I called a few precincts. I did all the stuff. And the long story short is it was gone forever. It was all of my clothing. It was my computer bag, my laptop. This was thousands of dollars worth of stuff. And it was just a yellow taxi cab in New York, basically anonymous. I did not memorize any medallion number. And for whatever reason, I guess the cab driver decided that it would be too much of a pain to hand it in somewhere. Or maybe he could sell my stuff off somewhere. I did have my laptop, like, permanently shut down. I think you can do that. I did a few other things. That was gone. And it's still... A traumatizing experience, having had that happen. And I have very occasionally left something behind in an Uber. Like one time I was bringing a pretty good bottle of wine to someone's house, and I just didn't have the presence of mind. I was distracted. I got out, realized I'd left the wine behind, immediately went on my app, called the guy, and said, hey, I'll give you a tip if you quickly come back. He did, no problem. I think maybe once I did it with my wallet or something. And that's the advantage of the rideshare apps. You can instantly track down the person and incentivize them to come back and work something out, whether it's immediately or the next day, like we heard from Christine and Dan. There's actual recourse. You are very likely to get your stuff back. In the taxi situation, you are extremely unlikely to ever get it back because you're never going to find that cab again. So I just wanted to tell the story. It's embarrassing I still get, like, kind of upset thinking about it. But because it was the topic and because Kennedy actually likes to remind me of this, not to, like, poke fun at me, but because that's, like, the shortcut in her daughter's heads of who I am. That's, like, my claim to fame in their household. I figured I would share. 
So for all the issues and all the downsides of Uber and surge pricing and all this stuff, to me, that extra layer of protection of being able to retrace your steps and get something that you may have left behind, that is invaluable. And that's why at this point, if I'm ever going to take a taxi, and I have very occasionally, it is only when I have nothing with me and it's a quick ride from point A to point B with nothing that I might leave behind. I'm much more cognizant. And it's Uber otherwise. I wonder if anyone called for the teeth back or the Bernie Sanders fanny pack. I feel like you might just leave that one behind permanently in the backseat of the Uber. We got to run. Up on special report coming up in the next hour, Fox News Channel. See you there on the panel. Then right back here tomorrow on the radio show. Same time, same place. Thank you for listening. on this Tuesday. It's the Guy Benson Show. Thanks for tuning in. GuyBensonShow.com. That's our website. Podcast free every day on demand. You can also go to FoxNewsPodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Guy Benson Show. Well, this is an interesting study about my demographic, millennial men. Study shows that four out of five, so roughly 80% of millennial men, are insecure about their looks, their physical appearance. And apparently a lot of this insecurity is rooted in, no pun intended, their hair or our hair. Losing hair, gray hair in particular, half of men in this demographic currently have some gray hair, and about as many are self-conscious about it. This is a survey of 2,000 adult men. They've surveyed all generations. But I guess millennials, people roughly my age, I think it's born in 1980 to born in 1996, roughly, are the millennials. And I guess we are uniquely on the male side of things. This is only dudes that they polled. This is not women. We are uniquely concerned about our physical appearance. So I have a few theories on this, and then we'll bring in Dan, who is a fellow millennial man on this, before we get to others here on the team who fall in different demographics. I think, number one, it makes sense that people in our age group, men and women, are disproportionately concerned or obsessed or fixated on physical appearance because we're the first generation that has sort of been the selfie generation with social media, where appearance and posting images of yourself is king and prized and almost expected de rigueur. So there's just a, a higher premium put on that, not just for famous people or prominent people, but just for average people. So as we start to age, which we are, I'm in my last year of my mid-30s, is what I'm calling it, at 37. As we start to age and you start to see changes in yourself, whether your body isn't looking the same, your hair's looking different, some wrinkles are appearing, there's a lot of people who get very concerned about that because we are right in that age group as well. Setting aside the social media aspect, the Zoomers are too young, generally, to start to see signs of aging. 
And then Gen Xers and beyond have been aging for a while, so they're kind of maybe used to it or at peace with the process, whereas millennials are right on that cusp where you start to go from definitely looking young to not so much anymore. So it might be more at the forefront of your mind. This is just me giving my analysis and perhaps revealing some of my own insecurities or at least my thought processes about these things. And definitely gray hair would be one of them. Like I am starting to sprout a few more grays here or there, especially kind of near my temples, in my sideburn area. I'm seeing more gray or white hairs appearing. And the thing is, number one, coloring your hair is very easy. Number two, I think a lot of guys actually look pretty good with the salt and pepper look. And number three, I am less concerned about gray hair than losing hair. I would rather go gray than lose my hair. That's just like my overall preference. And there's things that you can do about both of those. You can also go to the gym. You can go on diets. You can go have work done. I'm actually amazed the number of people my age and younger getting work done. Not just fillers, but other things as well. Botox and all this stuff. I don't think there's really all that much of a taboo against that stuff anymore. I just, I've never done that. I don't, I've always looked a little bit young for my age, which was very annoying when I was younger because I wanted to be taken more seriously. Now it's more of a blessing as I'm getting older, but it has never occurred to me to go get injections in my forehead or something. But, I mean, I work in a visual medium. I'm on television. I get it. I'm not throwing stones at anyone here. I'm not ruling anything out for myself. I just think that at least the millennial piece of this, it just makes sense for those two reasons. Because of where we are in life, that age range, and then also the social media component and the extra emphasis on appearance and how many people can see how you look all the time if you're engaged on these types of platforms, which most of us are, or at least many, many of us are. Now, Producer Christine, on our call earlier today when this topic came up, you expressed surprise, almost astonishment, that any men would care about their looks at all. 100%. I was shocked by this study. I really, I, my husband doesn't really ever mention anything like, how do I look? What do I, look? you know, whatever he's wearing, like, there's no questioning of how he looks. So I, for some reason, just assumed. That was all men. And let me add one thing that is so unfair. Men get so much better looking with age. Like, hands down. Women, it just goes pretty much downhill at a certain age. I'm not there yet, just so you know. But so I'm actually surprised. Like, you guys, you're lucky. The older you get, the better looking you're going to be. I know there are some people who say that and believe that, that men age gracefully and they become more debonair and handsome as they get older. That's true, certainly, of some men. I think it's also a matter of personal taste. But I think there's a lot of us who would argue, actually, no, there are downsides in terms of physical appearance as we age. And, Christy, do you not really know any men or certainly any gay men? Like, you don't no. think men are concerned about their appearance? You've never met a gay man in your life, obviously. No, I, I, of course I have. 
I just, I really did it. I thought like men just get up, take a shower, put the clothes on, and that's it. Never think about it again. Maybe get a haircut every couple of weeks. That's it. No, no. I, mean, I, I think, I think maybe we're more low key about it, but. I don't know. I think I think I speak for men everywhere, not every man, but men everywhere that a lot of us, of course, you look in the mirror and you're looking at you and you're looking at flaws and, ooh, do I like that? What's that? I think that's human, not specifically male or female. Dan, back me up here as a fellow millennial male. So I totally agree with you. I'm in the mindset of being very insecure about looks because of w- when we grew up and, you know, the early adopters of the selfie with Facebook coming out, Instagram. And as I get older, I got to agree, I am getting much more worried about getting grays. I see them in my beard sometimes. But, you know, it is it is on the forefront of my mind very much. And I am worried about losing my hair more than the grays because my significant other, you know, she – I can't wait till I go gray. She loves that look, like Christine was saying. So, um, yeah, I'm very much uh, agree with you in that. So are you then not going to walk down to your local CVS and get some just for men? <laughs> no. Because she wants you to be gray. I'm going to let the salt and pepper get in there. Um, you know, that's why I'm growing my hair out now because, you know, while I can. So we'll see if that if my hair lasts that long. Ah. But with the, uh, with, the, with the gray, I don't mind at all. All right, so Dan and I are millennials. Quiet Wyatt is a Zoomer, Gen Z. We'll get to him in a second. Of course, producer Christine is our resident boomer. She is not silent generation because there's nothing silent about her. But I think, Christine, right, you were, you're a boomer? No. No, I'm not. I'm a millennial. You are not a millennial. Yes, I am. I was born in 1981. Mm, I think you're an Xer at best. And we know that the Soviets did some things on the fake birth certificate when you were sent over here as a spy. So I, I can't really take any of that seriously. I think you're an Xer at best. But let's just leave that alone for a moment and bring mm-hmm. in Quiet Wyatt, who is male, young, not a millennial. Wyatt, when you talk to people your own age, if you ever do, it's like, say, fellow young people, except you actually are. Can I read you an excerpt from today's excellent Wall Street Journal editorial? May I offer you a walk on the beach at 4.30 a.m.? And we can talk about life. But if you ever talk to people your age, Wyatt, is this a topic at all, like how people look? Or are you guys all too young and good-looking to be worried about the aging process yet? Yeah, I I think it's just kind of one of those things where people just don't care. I think my age, you just... I mean, I at least dress for success, but I think other than that, most people just embrace themselves and, and just go with it. You know, I don't think, I mean, I'm not really that worried about aging, so I don't think anyone my age is. At what point would you start to get concerned? If you start losing some hair, if you start seeing some grays, would your mindset start to change? I guess, yeah, but I, I'm I'm hoping that doesn't happen for a few more years. Well, you're right? you're 21, right? 21, turning 22 next week. Oh so boy, getting older. We were going to celebrate your birthday on the show, but you're going to be gone, right? You're on vacation next week. Yes. Where are you going to be, Wyatt? Going to Disney World. I there it there it is, there it is, and it's the happiest place on earth, and no one will judge you for your looks down at Disney. All right, Christine, last word to you on this, because I feel like you're learning. Maybe you're getting educated by the men in your life right now, because 
Bobby, maybe Bobby is the rare man who really doesn't care. Maybe he just doesn't talk about it very much to you. I just think, do you, let, let me put it in the frame of a question. Do you think you might be engaged in some sexist stereotypes to assume that it's just women who obsess over their looks and men don't care? Because you have a couple dudes here just telling you maybe it's not a fixation, but it's definitely something that we think about. So what I've just realized, and I'm sure you would agree with me, um, women, mainly me, when there is a problem with anything, looks why anything, I tell everybody. Maybe men are worried about their looks, but they just don't broadcast it like I would. You know, like if I got Botox, you guys would be like the first to know. I'd probably be sending you pictures while I was getting it done. Um, by the way, do men get Botox? Oh, yeah. Yep. You, Fillers, you know, you Botox. Know somebody... No. Oh, yeah. I know guys younger than I am, in some cases substantially younger than I am, getting preemptive Botox. They say their doctors or whoever these people are tell them if you do it early and you start early, you can prevent aging preemptively. And I don't know. Maybe that's true. Maybe it's not. But you've got some guys in their 20s doing this what? kind of stuff. Yeah. I know. Wow. I'm telling you. Men absolutely think about these things, especially in a society that prizes beauty and youth. I think people want to hang on to that. What was Kim Kardashian's quote the other day? She said she would do anything to remain looking young. I believe she said she would eat human feces every day if that's what it took. Can we fact check that? I'm pretty sure I saw that quote from her. And I think if you polled millennials, would you do that? every day if you could look years younger for a much longer period of time i think you might get quite a few takers like a shocking number of takers are you kidding yeah no and i say that i'm, I'm not being sarcastic i'm smiling you might even call it an s-eating grin on my face <laughs> we gotta go we gotta go back here tomorrow on the guy benson show same time same place thanks for listening Home stretch, Wednesday edition on The Guy Benson Show. Thank you for being here. GuyBensonShow.com. That's our website. Podcast is free on demand every day. I'll be on the evening edit, FBN, coming up in the next hour. So perhaps I'll see you there over on TV. But here in our final segment, I'd like to discuss the TV show Squid Games. It's from Netflix. We talked about it here multiple times back when it was all the rage. Was that last year? It was one of the big pandemic things, not quite as pandemic tied as Tiger King. I think that was really early days. But Squid Games was a smash hit. In fact, Squid Game, singular, I'm saying it wrong, Squid Game was just renewed for a second season. And it holds the record as the most watched, most popular series of all time on Netflix with 1.65 billion viewing hours on that show. If you never heard of it or you never watched it or you don't have Netflix, it's basically this dystopian, very violent series out of South Korea where there's this underworld of people who invite debtors, people who are deeply in debt, typically gamblers, 
to come win a huge sum of money by playing a series of games on some remote island. So there are definitely some Hunger Games vibes. And the people show up, hundreds of them, to participate and try to win this giant jackpot. And what they don't realize until the very first game is that if you lose these games, you die. So it gets awfully dark, awfully quickly. And there will be one survivor. Everyone else dies except for one person at the very end who wins a huge amount of money. And so the show is all the twists and turns getting to that final confrontation. It was such a hit that season two is in the works. It's officially greenlit. But in the meantime, Netflix has made an announcement that they're going to create Squid Game, the participation reality series where they are going to basically take the concept of Squid Game, turn it into a challenge. They're going to have 456 players, which I guess is the number from the fictional show, in real-life competition in a series of these sort of surreal, dramatized, bizarre games, all in pursuit of a record-setting jackpot prize of $4.56 million U.S. Now, presumably, if you lose at red light, green light, and you flinch after the red light is called, you won't get immediately shot by a sniper in the reality series, which they're calling Squid Game the Challenge. Right? They'd have to have one hell of a waiver that you would sign to really do Squid Game. So you'll probably just be eliminated. But they're taking the concept and trying to basically mirror it in real life for real contestants chasing more than $4.5 million. And again, I'm guessing there will be, hopefully, no human misery or death involved. However, we would like to volunteer producer Christine for this. We know all of her gambling debts go back many years. She spends far too much on Mama's Juice. She dragged her own daughter to the racetrack like a degenerate gambler just last weekend. And she also likes the idea of Squid Games because she imagines all the people who are losing in their fate. It just reminds her of what happened to Carousel when she lost a challenge back when producer Christine was a young girl. So there's a lot here that really just, in my mind, is a fit. For producer Christine, the only issue would be you'd probably have to be away from the show for a while in order to go and participate, assuming you weren't eliminated quickly. You know, it could be one and done and you're back by Tuesday or something. But if you have the skills to progress to various challenges like crossing the bridge made of plate glass windows, basically, or the marbles challenge or the cookie that you have to not crumble christine i mean it's your own nickname there's just a lot of things lining up here you could be gone for quite some time in which case quiet wyatt would be the not so temporary executive producer here of the guy benson show while you're out trying to not get fake killed on squid game the challenge so do you think you would be up for this would you be interested in wearing one of those costumes and sort of marched around by the faceless people with the different shapes Covering their faces. Yeah, I, I think I can would do you this. would you have a shot? Would you have a shot at winning four point five six million dollars against the other four hundred and fifty five people? 
I think I have a good shot. I'm not saying I could definitely win it, but um, I'm pretty good at games. I'm actually always the winner. If I don't win, it's a problem. So I definitely could handle the red light, green light. Obviously, I think like the cookie challenge and the bag. Well, I mean, the thing the thing is, Christine, you said if you don't win at a game, it's a problem. I think that is understating it when it comes to Squid Games. It's a real problem if you lose a game. <laughs> well, like you right. said, this is the reality show, so there's no, you know, I'm not going to die. Um, Probably. But I just don't, I don't know. I, I just would. Would you backstab people? Like, would you form alliances? Would you play the game like you see on other reality shows to try to get closer and closer to the big pot? So this is, that's exactly what I was about to talk about where my problems would probably come into play. Same thing like Big Brother. I am such an open book and tell everybody everything. Keeping secrets is very hard for me. So that's probably where I would wind up losing. Yeah, I think that'd be pretty early then because you'd come, you know, waltzing in in your leg warmers or whatever else you're wearing like hi everyone i'm christine i'm so excited to have 455 new best friends be like oh this one's gonna be easy and they just undermine you and you're gone in like round one or round two you have to get more ruthless christine you can't be chief happiness officer at squid game you've got to be looking out for numero uno and being a little conniving See, yeah, that that you can, you can do that. You manipulate your husband a lot. I do. Dan, don't laugh. I do. I mean, I know, no, I don't. I don't. I I just <laughs> guide him. It's not called me. We don't call it manipulation. At least I don't. Right. I, 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 that's what I'm doing. But I'm saying you need to channel some of that energy if you're going to succeed in this endeavor. Just imagine all these other people are Bobby standing in the way of something that you want. What would you do to get what you want? And I think the answer to that question is almost anything. I mean, just ask Carousel, although she is obviously unavailable for comment, as she has been now for many years. She just died of old age. I don't every day. I wonder how you're going to tie Carousel into this show. And it, it amazes me. Every day you figure it out, figure out. Not every day. I'd say about once a week. We have to keep the memory alive. Right. Carousel's brutal death will not be in vain but i think that does also speak to the ruthless side of you right if you can channel your anger and viciousness at your pony that you rejected and had killed as a child and then the way that you're able to pull certain strings and tug at certain strings and get your way with your husband you do those two things combined you stay focused you think about the discipline of war wyatt i think you might have a shot to get into the top 400 contestants. Wait, how many are there? 456. Guy, I could probably... I think you could beat... You could probably beat several dozen. I think I could get into top 10. Mm. Let's take it. Let's take it. Let's pull this. Dan, Wyatt, do you think I can make it to the top 10 of Squid Game? Wyatt? Um, I don't know about top 10, but I think you can... You could finagle your way in and and get up there, but I would say top one hundred. I'm just gonna say top twenty. Wow. Okay, top twenty. Dan, what do you think? I think people would very much underestimate her. She'd be like kind of this big personality talking to everybody and just you know go behind people's backs and win at all costs, just mm. like you said. I'm gonna go mm-hmm. with top fifty. 
I think Christine could be in the top 300, maybe. The problem is, Christine, I have it on good authority that day three, the squid game, is the eat French onion soup challenge. And I think that's where the whole thing comes off the rails for you. You're out. I'd be out. I'd be completely yeah. out. I, Wyatt, thank you for the confidence. Top 20. Wyatt is about to leave for vacation, so he's just in that headspace. He's like, oh, you know what? Let's just say top 20. I'm going to Disney. Right? If, he was, if this were the Monday after his vacation, I think his answer might be different. But he's feeling good. I'm surprised he doesn't have his Mickey Mouse ears on across the glass here in the studio. In fact... I know, Christine, you are curious, Christine, about this Disney vacation for Wyatt. Oh. We didn't have time for it today, but how about tomorrow? Do we want to maybe tease that for tomorrow on the home stretch? some Disney-related stuff? Because there was a Disney headline about Disney-related trips that I just saw. So maybe we can marry these two items, a news hook and your curiosity, and build some radio magic tomorrow on the show. I have so many questions. We might have to do an extended home stretch because I have now, so many Let's not get carried questions. away. That's, that's, that's a lot. But that's what we're going to tentatively plan on for tomorrow. So if that's not a reason to tune in, I don't know what is. For the Guy Benson Show Thursday edition, same time, same place tomorrow. We will talk to you then. Have a great night. Home stretch on the Guy Benson Show on Friday Eve. Thanks for being here. GuyBensonShow.com. Podcast always free every day. Well, you know that we have at this program a Disney critic, me, and a Disney fanatic, Quiet Wyatt. And Wyatt is going on vacation starting tomorrow to Disney. He'll be out for more than a week. And I had that in mind when I saw this story at Deadline.com. Disney is offering what they're calling a bucket list adventure of a lifetime. And they're capping the guests at 75, priced at roughly $110,000 per person because you need to at least go double occupancy. So we're talking $220,000 for a couple. You get white glove, five-star service with private jets and all these other accommodations to visit all 12 of the company's theme parks around the world, plus other stops at various wonders of the world, like the Taj Mahal, the pyramids, the Eiffel Tower. You also get some behind-the-scenes tours. I would hope so. I would hope there would be some perks for hundred ten grand ahead. I didn't realize that there were 12 parks in the world, period. I know that there are two in the United States, I think, a couple in China. They are more than happy to do business with the Chinese Communist Party and then weigh into American politics where they're horrified over certain things. We've talked about that. I think there's one in France, if I recall correctly. And that's all I got. Euro Disney plus Disneyland, Disney World and a couple of the China ones. Wyatt, what am I missing? Um, you said there's only two in America. There's actually four in Florida and two in California. And we're talking parks. So there's different parks. It's not just resorts. So Disney World counts as four places or four parks? Correct. Is MGM, for example, is that one of them? 
or Holly, Hollywood Studios? Hollywood Studios now, yeah. That's Disney. That is Disney. Okay, so there are six in America. Yes. And then six elsewhere. Where? Do you know? Shanghai is the newest one. Tokyo, Hong Kong, and Paris. Okay. So then we're up to 10. And then Tokyo Sea, and then there's another studios park in Paris. Okay. So there are the 12. You go to all of those, private jets, all that stuff, plus some of these other wonders of the world, $110,000. It's a huge, big adventure. If, Wyatt, you were a multimillionaire, would you consider doing this as like a bucket list item, a 50th birthday present to yourself, something like that? Or is it just too much to spend on any one trip? So I just want to set the record straight again. Okay. That I am a Disney, not a fanatic, but a fan. I like going to the park. So this would be something that would entice me because you're going to see all the parks. But again, for the record, I don't even remember the last Disney movie I, I saw. So I'm not like one of those people that runs out and and you know goes to see the latest movie. But weren't you talking about moving physically to a Disney community at some point, like living at Disney? Because it's Disney quality, but it's not. Those communities were not <laughs> seems... like a park where Mickey is walking See, around. My fanatic meter is buzzing on this one. It's a little, not quite off the chart, but getting close. Living at Disney for Disney quality. I'm not making fun of it too much. I'm just saying you're a little more than just a fan. I guess, but I'm not like a Disney adult. So we need to just, the record needs to be set. Are on... you sure? Because you're going on vacation to Disney starting tomorrow. Yeah, but I I'm not like I'm not like a crazy like there I didn't the say term crazy. the term Disney adult is like you are dressed up and going to the park like with your cosplay exactly I am not like that I'm not like I mean th- that is great if you like to do that but that is not something that I do when I go to Disney when I go to Disney I don't even this will be the first time I'm even going to the parks some of the parks in like really several years we usually go when we go as a family it's just our secondary home basically because we go there so much and it's it's like a just an escape place so it's not it's not like a um i i'm just i'm not a disney adult just mm, put it to you that way sounding very defensive i think when you get back <laughs> one monday from next monday i'm going to show up at the studio and you'll be on the other side of the glass getting ready and you will be fully in a goofy costume because they're going to hire you when you're down there to go around and because you could be a goofy character at Disney World who also makes balloons for the kids. And it's like, you know, you can make – you do enjoy a side hustle. Now, producer Christine had requested this topic because, A, this was an interesting news hook, ten grand for the Disney trip around the world or whatever. That's not quite what you're doing next week with your family. This is more a standard DeSantis land Disney trip uh, for – are your parents going to all the siblings or just the siblings? This is just the sibling trip. Uh-huh. So your parents aren't going. This sounds sort of like Disney adults, young Disney adults going to Disney for their Disney vacation. That's just me. That's how I'm interpreting it. But Christine has many questions, and she wants to pepper you with said questions. So curious, Christine, we have some time left here. Have at it. Okay, I have 13 questions. Nope, we're not going to be able to do that, so let's pick your best ones. Can I just can I just say them all and then he could decide what he wants to answer? I'll just go quickly. No. 
<sighs> Let's do as many as we can get to, starting with your first question. When did the obsession start? I told if it's not an obsession, mm-hmm. it's just I I liked we always went to Disney as a as a child. I always went to Disney, and I think I told you this, Christine, that before I was even born, my first Mickey Mouse plush thing was a creamed color plush because it was not I they didn't know who if I was a boy or a girl. So I literally had an unsexed Mickey Mouse as my first Mickey Mouse. Okay, so the answer is in the womb. Okay. Next question. Do you have a separate closet in your apartment just for your Disney clothes? No, Christine, I don't own Disney clothes. And if you did, but if you did, you own, don't own any no, Disney. clothes. I don't believe that at all. That's a lie. Has to be. Well, Wyatt, I want to fact check that. Okay. Can, can we clarify what Disney clothes mean? Yeah, like Disney you- branded attire. Yes. Yeah, anything like, you would wear that says Disney on it yes. or has something to do with Disney. Thank you. I I have like a Walt Disney World shirt. Okay, but not like, not a separate closet. Not a separate closet, and not like you know Mickey Mouse and Goofy and Donald all over my shirt. Okay. Next question. Uh, so I assume is it going to just be too hot for you to wear a sweater vest next week? <laughs> yeah, it's 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 looking like it's going to be in the nineties. So. Um, if you had to guess, how many miles have you logged on the monorail? Um, I don't know. I, that's not usually something I, I use as a mode of transportation when I'm there. What? I figured I figured you always need the hotel on the monorail. I prefer that, but you can't always get that. So, Are it, you staying at one of the on-property locations? Of course. Ah. But, I don't know. But it's not it's not connected to the monorail. Can I, I ha- just say I'll something? Take a bus. I didn't even put that question on because that was just an, a given guy. Come on. Well, he said, of course. He looked at me like, what a stupid, wasted question. Uh, All right, next one. Who is your favorite character to get a picture with? Like, who do you search for? Again, I, I couldn't tell you <laughs> the last time I got a picture with a character, but obviously... I think Mickey Mouse is probably the best. He's, he's classic Disney, classic America. So I, if I could find him, maybe I would take a picture just for you, Christine, and I'll send it to you. Will there- you know, Christine, what, what you can't tell because we're here in D.C., you're up in New York. Whenever you ask him one of these tough questions, he goes straight to a binder. He's got the <laughs> binder. He's got these pre-written answers, and he's just reading them. Although he's reading them better than some other people, hypothetically, would. All right, next question. All right, so if you go with an odd number of people like you are about to, how do you decide who gets to sit next to each other on a ride? Now, you're saying odd number of people, not odd people. We don't want to be mean to his family and his siblings, yes? Correct. And so there's only three of them because it's two by two in a lot of these rides. Exactly. So who's the odd man out? Is it Quiet Wyatt or is it you and a giant plushie of Goofy that you have as your companion? I don't know, Christine. That's a tough question. But usually, I mean, to be honest, whenever we do go to these parks, you have to either get fast passes to get on some of these rides because the lines are so long, or some of these rides have single rider ones where you have to just sit alone or sit with a rando person. How much is the fast pass? Because it's expensive just to show up to begin with, and then you pay even more to skip the line. Well, now 
there's a new thing that you do have to pay for, but we're not doing that because it's ridiculous to have to pay to get quicker onto some of these rides because it used to just be you would show up to the park early and you would go to the actual ride and they would print out a ticket and it would give you a, a time to come. And then now they did, they switched it to online where you could do it online. And then now they have another online thing where you have to pay and you can go So you're, rides you're not going to pay for the extra? I will not pay for the extra. Okay. Christine, one or two more. Just just to clarify, I wouldn't go to Disney without paying for that head of the line. I'm not waiting two hours with screaming kids, and I have a kid, just to get on a ride. It's not worth it. Okay. Um, oh, favorite- I feel like, Christine, you with your daughter on one of these two-hour-long lines, you would be the one who would have a meltdown, and she'd be trying to get you to calm down and be quiet. You'd be stomping your feet. I don't want to be here anymore. You're like, Mom. There are people around. We're in public. Come on. Uh. All right, um, go ahead. I wish I could say you're wrong, but no, that actually has happened. <laughs> anyway, uh, best favorite country in Epcot? Either Italy or Canada. Canada? Because they have a, a really, really good steakhouse. They in do. I've been there. It's delicious. Oh, Wyatt, will a turkey leg be in your future? I don't know. We'll have to see. I, 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 maybe, I, maybe I'll get one. I don't know. All right. Is um, that half your body weight? <laughs> last two questions. Uh, do you always buy souvenirs? Can you bring me home a souvenir? I would like Mickey ears. And maybe next time, can I go? That's a lot. Um, <laughs> I don't think I always get a souvenir like i said maybe i'll get a t-shirt when i go but it's not necessarily a huge deal to do that um and maybe christine maybe we'll have to do the next guy benson show retreat there because no i'm, I'm gonna veto that it's very expensive although if christine is so interested in going with you next time Wyatt, you can do a fact-finding mission this time and just see what the discounts are for seniors and that could maybe help bring down the cost if you guys were to go in the near future. All right, Christine, I think we're up on a break. We have to end it there because the show's over. But interesting questions. Wyatt, we will miss you for six shows. Oh, boy. So, yes, please come back safely in one piece as soon as possible. Have a great time. And in the meantime, we are back here tomorrow for the Friday edition of The Guy Benson Show. Same time, same place. We will talk to you all then. Home stretch on this Friday, coasting into the weekend together on the Guy Benson Show, GuyBensonShow.com for the free podcast, including bonus Benson on the weekends. If you're listening on the broadcast, not the podcast, you are hearing as this bumper song a new obsession. Yeah, crank it there, Dan, for just a second. Oh, so good and also so embarrassing. I was on a Peloton ride yesterday, and Cody Rigsby played this song by Carly Rae Jepsen that was an absolute banger called Cut to the Feeling. And I'm loving it on the bike. I'm dancing on the bike. I favorited the song on the screen. I said, I love this new Carly Rae Jepsen song. And I get off the bike to immediately find it on Sonos only to discover that the song is like six or seven years old. How is this not a huge hit? I had not heard it anywhere. You can look it up. Cut to the feeling, Carly Rae Jepsen. I put it on Twitter. I put it on Instagram. 
like proselytizing for this song. It is just pure pop goodness. And the responses were a mix of, holy cow, I'd never heard this song before, and where have you been? We all loved this song six years ago. I'd never heard it. It was not a huge national hit. Apparently it was a big gay hit. I just missed the anthem memo, I guess, on that. Doesn't mean that I can't love it now, and I do. So that is entering the rotation on our bumper music. One of the good reasons to listen live, by the way. I'm just saying. We'll have more on music coming up here in the home stretch. But first, producer Christine, you've talked about how your husband, Bobby, is turning 40. You had this big plan for him, going to a casino and a fancy restaurant, and friends were coming, and the big dinner, and all of that. And you are now concerned that, what, the party may not happen? Why? So my husband is stuck in Dallas as we speak. Uh, He had a work trip this week. And as we've heard, especially from Janice, the weather is horrible around the country and especially in the south. We had bad weather actually yesterday. Uh, He was supposed to come home last night. Flight got canceled. There was no flights that he could get on this morning. Now he's hoping to get on a flight tonight. We are supposed to leave tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. to start his birthday weekend festivities, plus Father's Day. Yeah. So what happens if he can't get on a flight tonight? Um, I don't know. Any suggestions? Because I really I'm sitting here, uh, as Roy told me, you cannot get upset. This is your therapist, right? Your your therapist told you. Okay. Well, one of them. Yes. There's a whole there's a whole team, myself included. Cannot get upset. Okay. And I also cannot get mad at Bobby, which is like my go-to. Why would you be mad at him? Um, that's a great question. I've already went through this with Roy, okay? But uh, it's just misplaced anger, as we talked about. I think I would just be upset because I've been planning and... I think you'd have every are- right to be upset, but not at him. That is completely out of his control. Well, I don't think I can call the airline and yell at them. I don't think they're going to care. Yeah, but but then why yell at him? Why make things worse with the person that you're married to? When and it's not even well, the airline's fault. If it's weather, you, I mean, some stuff cannot be controlled. Even if it's very frustrating. Very. Could he could he rent so, a car, and just drive? I don't. I don't think he would want to do that. That is and a very so- long drive. Yeah, from, have you done it from Dallas to New York? I have not. I have not. That seems brutal. Um, yeah, I don't think so. So we're just gonna we're gonna pray right now. His flight for tonight is on time, so fingers crossed. Um, if not, maybe there's an early morning flight. I don't know. I, I really am trying to just think positive. I mean, I that don't would be like plan. I would say close to. 24 hours of a drive. Exactly. So that oh, also... Oh, yeah, no, he's not going to do that. That doesn't Mm-mm. help. Gosh. Well, fingers crossed. Have you prepaid for a bunch of stuff? Uh, I Actually, it's so funny because when I called the restaurant to pre-order things and prepaid, they suggested not to. So they do have my credit card. I think, like, a cake has been paid for, mm. some balloons, you know, just, like, little things. I don't know. I don't know. But I just feel bad because people have paid for rooms right they've planned their whole weekend around this 
for the big 4-0 and the special dinner and yeah there's there's not a you just have to pray that he gets on a flight any flight back to New York New Jersey and that's the thing tell him to be looking not just Newark but LaGuardia JFK Philly Long Island like anywhere within a couple hours drive of your house just get closer even uh, I was saying to him, DC. look at Logan at Boston because Boston. his family's from Boston. Right, They're and, and I believe place. that the big parties in Connecticut, right? So look at Hartford, look at Boston, look at Providence, Rhode Island. I mean, yeah. that would be my advice. Cast a <sighs> wide net and get out of Texas or, and get closer. Or I do have one seat open. Would you, you say I don't invite you to things? I don't think that I could be a good stand-in for your husband at his birthday party. <laughs> no. It's just, just a thought. So. Okay, um, meanwhile, yeah, we'll we're going to need your update on this and what happens on Monday. We will wait for that with bated breath. I also want to get your advice on something, Christine. God help me. Oh, gosh. Okay. Ready for ready. this? Mm-hmm. All right, so I got a note from a listener who works in the space of promotions and works with a number of different pretty high-profile brands and organizations and helps promote products and brands and events. And this person gave me a slate of dates to potentially go see a band that's going to be on tour. And he said, you know, look, I can make this happen I can get VIP tickets, so there'll be really great seats. Plus, I think you can probably meet the band backstage afterwards. Would you be interested? And the thing is, I looked at the dates, and they're just really hard for me to make work with my schedule. There's a few actually next week in Florida when I will be in Florida, but it doesn't quite work. And then the most convenient locations for me normally are all when I'm going to be up in Massachusetts on vacation. So that also won't really work. The only one that might work is next weekend. And I'd have to get back from my business trip to Florida, do the show, sort of have one night to regroup, and then drive a significant length, like four hours each direction, to North Carolina and back for a Saturday night show I think I can probably spend the night down there. I'd probably bring Adam with me. I think I can get at least two tickets, he said. But spend the night after the concert, then drive back the next day, the Sunday, from North Carolina. I might have to shift around a little bit of TV plans for that Sunday, but I think that's doable. I'm just trying to figure out, is all of that disruption, moving the TV schedule, maybe getting a hotel, driving eight hours, is it worth it for this whole thing? And I have a direction that I'm leaning. Adam definitely has a point of view on this, but I'm just wondering if you might have a thought on whether I should do it. I mean, to be perfectly honest, it depends on the band. I assume we're not naming names here, correct? Well, I, th- I think we're going to. Dan, hit it. Oh, my God, we're back again. Christine, should I drive eight hours round trip to meet the Backstreet Boys? Are you kidding me? You do not even ask me this question. I just need to know what should I wear. 
god, we're gonna meet them. By the way, by the way, when you say, "Oh my god," don't even ask me this question. You sounded like the press secretary when Don Lemon asked her about whether Biden is going to be available to run for president in 2024. Like, very similar energy right there. But I'm like, how could I say no to this? You cannot. I'm actually, like, it's almost like it's happening to me, which I, I have now a week to make sure I am involved of some sort, how I can be. You have to do it. You have to. It's a no. Oh, my God, you're going to meet them? I wish I could have seen you. I wish I could have seen your reaction when we played that music for you. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. You don't understand. Like, they were probably hands down my favorite, favorite of all the boy bands. That, That second album was hands down the best. The best album. See, I am several levels down on the fandom scale from you, but... Like, you know, if you're an American of a certain age, like, you know at least five or six of their songs. If not every word, a lot of the words. And I remember very distinctly being roughly 13 to 15 years old and pretending that I didn't like their music, even though, come on, very, very catchy. So I think it would be very fun. I also heard, this is where we will not be naming names, but I heard that at least one of them is a conservative and a Fox fan. What? Yeah, so that would be probably part of the connection here. So I, actually, I, am, I think I know who it is. Well, let's, let's just keep that to ourselves for now, okay. and I can get permission or not. I just have to figure out if I'm doing this and whether I can logistically make it work. But I think I'm leaning yes. Adam is a definite if you can do it. Let's go for it. And your reaction, I feel like you might actually be legitimately angry with me if I didn't go. I, we would have, yeah, it wouldn't be great. It would not be great. I mean, first of all, you get to bring Adam. It's a great overnight weekend away. You've been traveling so much. Right, it's I'm not sure just me. Be- it's not, if it were just me by myself, it would be like, I don't know, showing me the meaning of being lonely, and I didn't want that to happen. But it's going to be Adam and me, and we'll see. I might be able to get my hands on a few more tickets, not to get expectations lifted too high here, okay? But it sounds like you are voting very strongly in one direction. Dan, you're a music guy. Are you cringing at this, or do you think this is cool? No, this is awesome. I actually saw the Backstreet Boys in their heyday and i went and thoroughly enjoyed it so i would be very very jealous if you got to go and meet them okay i mean it sounds like i gotta do this then all right more details on that we will bring you backstreet boys updates here on the program in the coming days but i guess i'm i'm leaning we should probably go for this thing we shall see well good luck christine with the big 4-0 for bobby this weekend i hope the weather finally cooperates fingers crossed there We will be back here on Monday with a brand new edition of The Guy Benson Show. We've got the free bonus Benson podcast, of course, over the weekend as always. But in the meantime, have a great weekend. I know I will because I want it that way. That was this week's edition of Bonus Benson. For more Guy Benson Show, go to GuyBensonShow.com or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Hey, it's Clay Travis. Join me for Outkick the Show as we dive deep into a mix of topics. New episodes available Monday to Friday on your favorite podcast platform and watch directly on Outkick.com forward slash watch. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.